What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because sometimes they can be ostentatious. <laughs> my title makes me laugh. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about niche protection because I got some calls about it from the Pink Phantom and from uh, Anthony Runeslinger, Casting Shadows podcast. But before that, before that, we're going to talk about uh, the Wrath of the Righteous game where with the whole bad guys surrendering and me trying to express that and it that expression not getting picked up on. So we're going to talk more about that. From We got calls from Jules and from Jason. Uh, so we'll dive right into that. But speaking of Jules, folks, if you're out there and you're listening, don't forget to call in to Jules from NZ and vote on what the ponies should do. This week's decision is a tough one. This is a tough one. The ponies have to decide whether or not they're going to follow Twilight Sparkles or are they going to go back and do some more research and maybe get some more get some more gear? Tough call. Tough call, folks. Let your voice be heard. <laughs> Jules from NZ. What will the ponies do? All right. <laughs> Jules, there you go, dude. <laughs> what do you got to say? Um, Joey, it's it's Jules from NZ here or should we say Haven? D- did they give up? I don't remember that. Oh, well, that kind of changes everything. I'm, I probably wasn't really paying attention. I was busy reading Woody's sheet because I was reading Woody's sheet. And then when I clicked back in, we were fighting the mongrel men. So I just continued to fight the mongrel men. But if Haven had heard them like be like I don't want to fight anymore she wouldn't have fought them um I'm sorry that I wasn't paying attention this is the first time it's happened and and I don't like it I will pay attention from now on sorry right right so again they did not explicitly surrender they very very subtly which was my fault (laughs) which is totally my fault. And we'll talk more about how it's my fault uh, here in a little bit. But yeah, right? Like all they did was point at the dead evil cultists and in her voice say some shit uh, about how, you know, they parroted her words back to you guys. But you as a party would have no way of knowing that. And so, you know, as I as I mentioned when I first talked about this in uh, the Ocho, uh, it, it it's a thing of perception, right? And as Jason will mention later, communication is like a two way street. So just because I have something in my mind, if I don't do a good enough job of putting that across, you know, uh. Right, like it, it's nobody's fault. It, it just is a thing that happened. It's not even a bad thing that happened. It's just something that happened. So you do not need to feel bad about it. Uh, Haven never heard them say, "Hey, we give up. We don't want to fight anymore." No, she never, absolutely never heard them say anything even 
remotely like that. So, yeah, Haven, you are absolved. <laughs> you are totally absolved. Uh, and then Jason will explain in even more detail why it could have been confusing. So, Jason, take it away, dude. Hey, Joe, just to answer a little more of Carl's question about Wrath of the Righteous. So these lesser, the mongrel men, as, as you call them, had not spoken to us, at least the bad ones, the clan of the bat, had not spoken to us in common tongue at all. They had spoken in, in grunts and another language, but not in common. So only the boss, only the boss spoke in common. And then when her boys came out of one of the other ones speaking common, I got to admit, I just assumed that her spirit had jumped into one of their bodies and was orchestrating a, you know, further attack on us. And that, you know, I didn't catch the meaning of what she was saying. And I, I kind of took the assumption as, see, you can't defeat me, so you better surrender. So that, that's where the disconnect was, and that's why Randor kept attacking. But, yep. Anyway, it was a great session. Thank you for running it. Talk to you later. And yeah, dude, that's a totally fair assumption to make that her spirit just jumped in there. Absolutely fine. You know, part of the problem um, with playing every two weeks is that it's harder to get in that groove where everyone's just kind of flowing with each other, you know, because we had talked about in an earlier session, like much earlier. So like a month ago in real time. Uh, about how these mongrel men had the, an ability called sound mimicry where they could mimic back voices. And when you guys first met uh, your first encounter with the first defenders, as they prefer to be called, um, they, they parroted back one of your voices. I think it was, I think it was Patty's voice. They parroted back his voice, but again, that was like a, a month or so ago in real time. So yeah, like it, it, it was, it was a group thing, right? Like nobody's, nobody's to blame here. Nobody, it's nobody's fault. Um, but yeah, you got, you got some more to say. If none of the players pick up a clue that you drop, is that a bad clue, bad players, or not enough emphasis on the clue? It could be any of those. So there's no right or wrong answer here. But just saying, maybe it wasn't the players. I, I'm fine taking the heat. You know, that's fine. It's Randor's fault. But... I totally interpreted what you said is that the spirit had jumped into one of the mongrel men who can now speak in common like she could and was mocking us and, you know, telling us to bow down before her. Now, they may not have been the exact words you said, but to communication to a process, and that's the message I received and acted on. I'm not saying that's your fault, and I totally take the blame, but just saying right dude right like like i said in the first time i talked about it uh it's a, it's a it's a perception thing so totally man uh yeah it was it was a bad job on my part to not make that more implicitly clear 
uh, I was I was far too subtle there, and that that's on me a hundred percent. So it, it's not Randor's fault. It's not Haven's fault. You know, it's not even Subin's fault. Though it's fun to blame stuff on Subin. Um, yeah, man, it's not even a thing. So it was just something interesting. It's one of those interactions at the table that's fascinating when you know we're all individuals with our own individual thoughts and perceptions. And so when I'm trying to project something and it doesn't, I don't do a good enough job of it and it doesn't come across, then you get that feedback, right? Then I'm like, okay, cool. I need to do a better job of making things more explicit. Yeah. Let's get explicit on this thing. (laughs) But seriously, man, it was totally, totally not not an issue at all. It was still a really fun session, and you guys still made a lot of process progress, and you're almost out of this goddamn dungeon, man. I cannot wait to not have to look at this map anymore because, like, you guys only see it, you know, for a few hours every other week. I look at this map like every day. I'm I'm so tired of it. I can't wait to be done with it. It's going to be awesome. Plus just, yeah, man, the rest of the adventure takes a turn, right? Once you get back up to the surface, the rest of the adventure takes a turn. And I can't wait to get there because I just, I really love this adventure. I've read ahead. I've now read... The entirety of the first, second, and third book. Uh, I've only read through the third book once, but I have read through the whole thing, and it's awesome. I can't wait. (laughs) The second book is really fun. Um, Yeah, I'm just so jazzed about this adventure and that we're running through it. I, I, ah, man, I wish we played all the time, right? Like, (laughs) I wish we played all the time, and. We have talked about, as a group, folks, we have talked about for, like, the last couple sessions to all meet live and in person and play out the finale to Wrath of the Righteous all together around the same table in person. That would be insane. And that is so far, so far down the line is crazy. (laughs) So we can talk about this kind of stuff because it's kind of like Richter 2020X, RichterCon 2020X, right? You haven't heard me talk about that for a while, but maybe this will be part of that. Ooh. (laughs) Man, all things are coming together. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I mean, this will be something for the ages, right? Like this is something where you cash in your 401k and just party for a weekend. And it's just epic. (laughs) It is friggin' epic, man. Yeah. That that's where we're headed, Jason. So like these little, these little bits of feedback are awesome. I love getting them, man. Um, you're, Cause you, again, you're right. I I needed to do a better job of communicating, and it absolutely was not the player's fault. So yeah, man, thank you for those calls. That's dope. Uh, let's hear more from Jules right now, right? 
like in our niche protection episode, our last niche protection episode, uh, the legend of Daya the Fida, um, Jules called in talking about her f- uh, flame based sorceress. And I could not, I could not remember that character's name. I was pretty sure it had something to do with fire or flames or something. So let's see if I was on the right track. You guessed it in one. Uh, well, you guessed it in four. Um, he definitely took Flaming Sphere. Um, also, her name is Sasha Torchwood. T- Torchwood. Like, a bit of a play on the TV show Torchwood, which I quite liked, but also mainly because she torches things. Yep. Um, I do wish to say, though, having listened to those messages again, he always chose the thing with the most damage. That was his thing. He went through and he mathematically worked out which one would do the most damage, and usually it was the fire. I don't know what spells he was looking at exactly and why he kept choosing damage spells exactly instead of anything else, but that's how he chose his spells, and that's why. I kind of hated it still, but at least there was a reason. Yeah, there might have been a reason, but it's not a very good reason because, for one, I'd be willing to bet, and I no longer know 5e well enough to shoot off off the top of my head super accurately, but I'd be willing to bet that Lightning Bolt and Fireball do the same amount of damage. So why not take Lightning Bolt if the other spellcaster in your party is fire-based and all you care about is damage? Then take Lightning Bolt, right? Also, this sort of comes back... I mean, not even sort of. This does come back to the Dungeon Master of that game. Because if there's that type of situation going on in your game and one player is getting annoyed because another player is kind of stepping on their character's toes and stuff, the DM should step in there and be like, hey, you know, Sasha Torchwood, which I was close on the name... So that pumps me up. Thank you for reminding me. By the way, other dude, Sasha's character is like fire base and she's taking all these fire spells. So why not? Why don't you take some of these other spells? And then if homeboy was still like, no, I have to take this spell because it does the most damage. The DM could have easily been like, okay, well, instead of it being flaming sphere, you know, now it's freezing sphere same exact spell except it does cold damage instead of fire damage simple 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 solution but you know it takes it 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 takes some i don't know some hootspot i guess from a dungeon master to kind of do that stuff but yeah i i think that's part of part of our job as dungeon masters is to play mediator in those types of player interactions i don't know that's just me man what do you all think if you were if you were running a game and that situation occurred where one player was stepping all over the toes of another player would you step in and say something if the player had already said something and got no response would you then step in and interact i don't know but jules your story about Sasha and that dude taking all the fire spells triggered some more comments about niche protection. So 
let's get into it uh, with the first one coming from our buddy who kicked off this whole discussion. Our buddy, the Pink Phantom. He's back. He's back, and he's got stuff to say. So, Phantom, take it away, dude. Hey, Joe. The Pink Phantom here. I just finished listening to your last podcast. It sounds to me like you're not against niche protection. You're against being told you got to do niche protection. And I respect that rebel spirit, man. And and to be honest, I think it's actually more of an issue with newer role-playing games, which have a lot of overlap between the classes. Because the older school games back in the 70s and 80s the classes were pretty well defined, and it was difficult to multi-class or dual class. So there wasn't going to be if people, unless people just chose the exact same class, you were going to have niche protection naturally. Another two cents on niche protection. How many more podcasts can we get out of this? Be interesting to see. See you, Joe. At least one more, dude. <laughs> At least one more. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm not a very complicated man, but it always makes me happy when somebody who doesn't know me well can pick out a character trait of mine that goes back to from when I was a small little wee blind rat running around. <laughs> I, I, I don't like being told what to do. That That is a true statement. Maybe it has to do with the fact that I was born in Virginia. I was born in Richmond. So I do have roots in the South, man. But yeah, uh, I, I, you, you nailed it, though. I don't like it when rules say this is how you have to play this type of character. I don't appreciate that. But it, it's interesting what you're talking about between, you know, niche protection being a little trickier now. Is it, though? Because, like, back in the day, there weren't very many classes. And a lot of times you hear about parties that were way bigger, you know, tables of six or eight. And if there's only four or five classes and there's eight people around a table, a few of them are going to be playing the same, same class. I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thought, but yeah, man, you nailed it a thousand percent. It's, it's just, it's not the idea of it because in a sense I am in the favor of it because I don't want players stepping on other players toes like i talked about earlier i don't that's that's not fun for people um so yeah in that sense i am into it i just don't want to be told to do it (laughs) but yeah dude uh so you know we got at least this one episode out of it we can we can squeeze out another one we can squeeze out another one for sure man but thank you so much for the call phantom and yeah uh to wrap it up let's hear from uh Let's hear from Anthony of the Casting Shadows podcast, the old rune slinger himself, co-founder of RPG A Day Month. Yeah, it always pumps me up when he calls in. So, dude, Anthony, what do you got to say? Hey, Joe, it's Anthony calling in from the road and from the Casting Shadows podcast. I've been listening to the ongoing discussion about niche protection and, you know, it's going back and forth, so I thought I would, I would weigh in, and I want to point something out. In your episode, The Legend of Daya the Fida, you provided the most beautiful and succinct definition of niche protection 
that I have yet heard. And you gave it as a proscription, right? Do not play what someone else is playing, right? Don't choose to copy or outdo their character, right? The whole uh, parable from Jules from NZ about her experience with her flame-based sorceress is the icing on the cake for supporting that definition. We have all been there. Someone has copied our character or you know, their character has died and they've, their new character is our character and we wind up playing, you know, suddenly playing second fiddle or we find out that for much of the session somebody has nothing to do, right? Because the characters are the same. And so the idea of, of as a procedure of play, as culture of play, choosing to avoid doing that so that everybody has the opportunity to play as much as possible during the session, in other words, to fulfill their niche, to fulfill their role, that is what niche protection is. The restrictions or the permissions of a class just makes it easier to define what a niche is or pick one quickly. Anyway, thanks for the discussion. Yeah, dude, 100%. 100%, Anthony. Like, as the Pink Phantom pointed out earlier, I just don't like it when a game says, like, you have to do this. I think there are simpler, more elegant ways to protect people from stepping on each other's toes. And, yeah, I, I, yeah, like, I've never really had this problem before because since I've been playing as an adult, because I'm one of those players that had, like, the long hiatus between when they started and then nowadays, you know, I've been playing steady for the past 10 years or so, but there was a long time between games. <laughs> uh, and so I just, as an adult, I don't run into this problem very much, but we know it still happens, obviously, because Jules just called in about it. And so, yeah, it's just one of those weird things. For me, though, it's just simply like, why would I want to play the same type of character as somebody else? That doesn't sound fun for anybody involved. So I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just weird. But yeah, I just don't want a game to tell me not to do that. I'd rather just not do that naturally. But dude, thank you so much for the call, uh, for both of those calls. This has been an awesome discussion. I love that it keeps going. We're getting different voices, which is always rad. And yeah, man, I just really appreciate it, Anthony. So thank you, dude. All right, well, let me, uh, I think that's about it. Let me, let me get out of here. Yeah, this was a pretty cool episode, right? We had Runeslinger and Pink Phantom and Jules and Jason all on one show. Doesn't happen very often. Right on. That was sweet. Anyway, thank you for so much for the calls. Those are awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I love that we have this discussion. There's new voices coming into it. And it's just, it's really cool. I really appreciate it. And the Wrath of the Righteous thing, you know. <clears throat> so I think when I, when I talk about it from now on, I've decided, because I had to go back and listen to... Uh, what I previously said when I gave the Wrath of the Righteous recap 
uh, where I talked about me trying to give the clues and, you know, me being too subtle and not doing a good enough job. Uh, I wanted to hear exactly what I said. And so I listened to it. And I, so from now on, I think I'm just going to, I've been trying to not give spoilers for Wrath of the Righteous, but I want to be able to talk about the sessions because that's the sessions that I'm running right now. And I like incidents that come up in during sessions that we can all talk about. Um, so I think I'm probably just going to talk about the adventure from now on, <laughs> you know, that's fine. Most of you out there listening aren't going to play. And I won't talk about as far as um, what future events will happen. I won't talk about that at all. So Jason and Jules and anyone else, any of my other players, Woody, if you're listening, you guys don't have to worry about that. I'll talk about what happens during the game, but not about what's to come. So no spoilers for you guys, but I will be talking about the adventure in more detail just because it's, it's hard to talk about it in vague terms for me. So yeah, there's that <laughs> anyway, but there won't be another one of those games for a minute. Um, my next game coming up. It's actually tonight at time of recording. I will be playing in my first ever session of the the Jane Austen RPG. I forget the exact name of it right now, but (laughs) Jason knows what it is because we were talking about it during the last Wrath of the Righteous game. It's an in-person game with my home group. Uh, It should be amazing. I cannot wait. I will definitely, definitely let you all know how that goes. So, yeah. Anyway, folks, until next time, peace out.